With your Amex card, entertainment benefits like special ticket access and pre-sales to select can't miss events while supplies last, make every tap music to your ears. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. You need parts? O'Reilly Auto Parts has parts. Need them fast? We've got fast. No matter what you need, we have thousands of professional parts people doing their part to make sure you have it. Product availability. Just one part that makes O'Reilly stand apart. The professional parts people. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. Auto Parts. The secret to catching prize-worthy fish? Fishing like a local. Jonas Knox here with Fishing Booker. The valuable knowledge of a local guide can turn a fishing trip of no bites into the best catch of the day. Go to fishingbooker.com to discover thousands of local fishing charters from all around the world and create your perfect angling adventure with their easy-to-use online booking system. Visit fishingbooker.com and book your trip today. Fishing Booker. Fishing trips made easy. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bed 365 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Thanks for listening to the best of Outkick the Coverage podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday morning from 6 to 9 a.m. Eastern, 3 to 6 a.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. Find your local station for Outkick the Coverage at foxsportsradio.com or stream us live every morning on the iHeartRadio app by searching FSR. This is the best of Outkick the Coverage with Clay Travis on Fox Sports Radio. Rejoice. Boys and girls, OutKick Universe, OutKick Nation, on a Friday, NFL training camps are officially underway. Your long, dark national nightmare without football officially over. Have to go all the way back to Tom Brady winning yet another Super Bowl against, sorry Rams fans, you guys. And now we are once more in the time when everyone is hopeful and in particular, I have got six players that I think are integral storylines as we begin the 2019 season. And I think these six players are going to be really indicative of what kind of season we get. Four of them are quarterbacks. Two of them are running backs. Let me just dive in here right off the jump and tell you who I think is worth paying attention to. Uh, first of all, the four quarterbacks. Let's talk about them. There are a lot of quarterbacks out there that we know are good, right? No real reason to talk about them. I feel like Tom Brady, could he be in Miami? Certainly. Could Patrick Mahomes be in Miami? Certainly. Could Drew Brees, could Phillip Rivers maybe get to his first Super Bowl? Certainly. There are a lot of guys out there who have been to Super Bowls before that we know have what it takes to potentially get there again. There are also, similarly, a lot of young guys that we still don't know very much about, but we feel like, hey, they at least have control of a team. For instance, I don't know what to expect from Baker Mayfield this year. I think he's going to be really good, but we know that the Browns are built around him right now. Sam Darnold is the same way. Whether you believe in him or not, Lamar Jackson and Josh Allen, both the exact same two, right? All four 
young quarterbacks that their teams are building around them. I would rank them Baker, Sam, and then I don't really feel very good about Lamar Jackson or Josh Allen. Both, interestingly enough, are running quarterbacks. But we know that their teams are at least giving them an opportunity to succeed, but also that they're too young. And in year two, it's unlikely that we're suddenly going to know everything about them. Now, maybe one of these guys is going to come out and have a Patrick Mahomes-like year where we say, wow, I can't believe how good they are. Maybe not. You know, the Andrew Lux of the world, guys who are still young-ish, I would say, we know we're really good. Then you got the aging gunslingers, the Matt Ryans. Amazingly, Cam Newton kind of becoming an aging guy. But to me, there are four quarterbacks that this season will effectively decide years and years of their future. And those four, in no particular order, Dak Prescott. Now, I think Dak's pretty good to get a long-term deal. But I think that Dak this year, as he really kind of rolls, he won a playoff game last year. The Dallas Cowboy defense looks really strong. Amari Cooper, one of the great trades of all time. We're going to get to Ezekiel Elliott because he's one of my six guys that I'm most intrigued by as the season begins. But Dak Prescott, I feel like, is going to get a big contract. Probably, unless the wheels come off this year. Doesn't seem like the wheels are going to come off. I enjoy watching Dak play, but I think this is the year where we're really going to find out, is he an elite quarterback or is he just a pretty decent quarterback with a pretty solid team around him? We are going to learn an awful lot about Dak Prescott this year. And in particular, we're going to learn how much are the Dallas Cowboys going to give him. Because I'm fascinated to see what happens with Dak, Amari, and Zeke all expecting big contracts going forward. Jerry Jones wants to believe he's got Aikman, he's got Irvin, and he's got Emmitt Smith all over again. Does he? I think this year will tell us a lot about how good Dak can be. So he's at the top of my list for guys that I can't wait to see how they're going to do. Other top of my list at the quarterback position. Mariota, Marcus Mariota, and Jameis Winston. This is year five for both. Mariota... His left tackle now, we'll talk about this a little bit later in the show, Taylor Lewan is out. Jameis Winston, he's got a brand new coach. Bruce Arians coming in, trying to remake him. Byron Leftwich, they're trying to make it clear that Jameis Winston is the franchise quarterback of Tampa Bay. There's nobody else there that you really need to be afraid of. Fitzpatrick has moved on further south. He's down in Miami. Fitzmagic may or may not exist. But is Jameis Winston the guy going forward with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers? And is Marcus Mariota the guy going forward with Tennessee Titans? Not joking when I'm saying those two guys right now are playing seasons worth potentially $150 million. They could still end up $100 million plus guys getting multi-year contracts for years ahead, or they could be on the scrap heap of quarterbacks in this league moving on to a backup role, scrambling for another opportunity. The verdict is still out on both men. Massively important seasons for Marcus Mariota and Jameis Winston. I know it's only year two, but I got another quarterback for you. Josh Rosen. I know it's only year two, and I know he hasn't started very many games, but we had an unprecedented situation in Arizona. You got a quarterback who was a first-round pick, a top-ten guy who is just basically given away in exchange for another first-round quarterback. We have never seen this happen before, guys. We've never seen a team invest in a quarterback with this high of a pick and then in the next year decide, you know what, we're done with them and draft first-round quarterbacks in back-to-back years. 
Now Rosen is engaged in a battle with Ryan Fitzpatrick to potentially be the starting quarterback for the Miami Dolphins. If Rosen can't beat out Ryan Fitzpatrick this year, then it seems very clear to me that the Dolphins are going to be drafting somebody at the very top of uh, the, the, the season, right? Top of the draft next year. And so what in the world then would happen with Josh Rosen? Is he going to be a backup again to another highly rated first-round quarterback? Is he already going to be on his third team in three years? Does he have any value in being able to trade him? This is, and I hate to say it for year two for a quarterback, but if Josh Rosen can't beat out Ryan Fitzpatrick and get on the field and give the Miami Dolphins reasons to believe maybe we don't need to draft a quarterback at the top of the draft, maybe Josh Rosen could be our guy for the future, then he's in trouble. Because it's likely then he'll be moved on to his third team in three years. And as much as I want Josh Rosen to be successful, because I think he's a smart, engaging, talented guy who I loved watching at UCLA, he has a ton on the line right now with the Dolphins. Fitzpatrick doesn't, right? Fitzpatrick is going to come out. He's going to gunsling. He's going to whip the ball around. You know what you're going to get from him. At times, scintillating play. Uh, He was awesome. Extraordinary with the uh, Tampa Bay Buccaneers at times, but he doesn't have that many years left in his career. So even if Fitzmagic comes out and brings the Fitzmagic, it isn't necessarily going to change anything about the long-range trajectory of his career. The four quarterbacks that I just named you, Dak Prescott, Marcus Mariota, Jameis Winston, and uh, Josh Rosen, are the four that I think we're going to learn the most about this year. I'd put a little bit of a star beside Lamar Jackson, Because I do think Lamar Jackson, it's going to be intriguing to see how much more of a passer he can be in year two. A lot of times, year two is where quarterbacks get exposed. So while there's a lot of reason for optimism with Baker Mayfield and with Sam Darnold, a lot of times guys who have good early success in year one, that's when the NFL defenses go back to the laboratory. They watch film all offseason. They find the two or three things that you didn't do well in year one as a rookie, and that's all they ask you to do in year two, and sometimes there's huge growing pains going forward. I think we already started to see a little bit of that with Lamar Jackson with the way the San Diego Chargers, sorry, the L.A. Chargers put together that defensive game plan that totally flummoxed Lamar Jackson. He didn't know what to do, right? They played a lot more uh, guys in the secondary. They, They totally baffled him. Young quarterback, hadn't seen a defense like that. Lamar Jackson, Sam Darnold, Baker Mayfield, Josh Rosen, and... Certainly Josh Allen. All those guys are going to have a lot thrown at them. But I actually think that Josh Rosen has got the most at stake because unlike the other guys who at least have a team invested in them, Josh Rosen doesn't have very much invested for the Miami Dolphins. He needs to prove that he's worthy of that investment. So those are the four quarterbacks that I'm intrigued by. Running back. Look, what in the world do you do if you're the L.A. Chargers with Melvin Gordon or if you're the Dallas Cowboys with Ezekiel Elliott? I don't think you can give Ezekiel Elliott big money. Let me just say it right out the front. First of all, you're trying to decide what to do with Dak. You're going to have to pay him a lot. You're trying what to decide to do with Amari Cooper. You're going to have to play him a lot. And I think of those three guys, Dak is the most important. Amari Cooper is the second most important. And Ezekiel Elliott is the least important. Doesn't mean Ezekiel Elliott's not important. Just means that at the running back position, I believe if Dak is good and Amari Cooper's good, I can find a lot of guys to do what Ezekiel Elliott does for me. Running backs don't last very long, and they don't make much of a difference in the long-range trajectory of your team. Look at what happened with Le'Veon Bell. 
He's gone. James Conner steps in. The reason why the Pittsburgh Steelers did not win was because their defense wasn't good enough, by and large, not because their offense fell apart. Look at what happened in L.A., not with the Chargers, but with the Rams. Todd Gurley gets massive, huge, revolutionary money for a running back. Now he's got arthritis in the knee, reportedly. Wasn't able to play very much, at least at full strength, it didn't seem like, down the stretch for the Rams, even on their Super Bowl run. And now they bring in C.J. Anderson, and C.J. Anderson arguably is the more impactful back in the playoffs. You pay C.J. Anderson virtually nothing. You pay James Conner virtually nothing. Le'Veon Bell and Todd Gurley are making a ton. The running back position continues to get devalued every year. I don't think you can give Ezekiel Elliott big money. Now, I'm not of the opinion that's because Ezekiel Elliott is too much of a risk off the field. Some people make that argument. I'm not one of them. I think he got unfairly treated in the six-game suspension. I think the shoving incident. I think he's just been a young guy who has made sometimes some knuckleheaded decisions. And unlike in years past when you made knuckleheaded decisions, now everything Ezekiel Elliott does is on video. He's at a Mardi Gras parade. He shows a girl's, flashes a girl's boob. Uh, it's a big story. He's at a Las Vegas party, and he bumps into a security guard. There's video of it. It's a big story. I don't think that Ezekiel Elliott is a bad guy, but I'm just not convinced you can give big money to a running back right now. I think that is a major issue that needs to be resolved going forward. And if I'm Jerry Jones and I'm sitting around looking at my big trio and I'm thinking, man, Amari Cooper, I may have made the best trade of my life to get Amari Cooper in here. Maybe some truth to it for Jerry Jones. But what in the world do you do with Ezekiel Elliott, especially if he's going to have a long-range holdout? You remember for old old heads out there, it doesn't seem that old that long ago, Emmitt Smith did this. Remember Derek Lassett came in for the Dallas Cowboys. Cowboys fell apart as uh, Emmett Smith was demanding big-time pay increase, set out the first few games of a season, came back, was great. Cowboys paid him what he thought he was worth. I don't think that Ezekiel Elliott has as much control as he believes he does. I think that it's likely, it's likely if you break this down, that Ezekiel Elliott isn't worth the money. Now, Melvin Gordon, he makes a big difference, I think, for Phillip Rivers. But if you look at his backup, I said Melvin Ingram, it's Melvin Gordon, of course. What are the odds that there would be two star players on a team named Melvin? Melvin Gordon at running back, what in the world do you do with Melvin Gordon at running back? I think you look at some of the young guys behind him and their production when Gordon was out, and you say, you know what? Phillip Rivers is an aging quarterback. Maybe we can get him for another year or two with Melvin Gordon, but the truth of the matter is he's not worth big money especially not with an aging quarterback when there's other talent you need to be able to fill in. I wouldn't buckle to Melvin Gordon. I wouldn't buckle to Ezekiel Elliott either. But if I had to choose between the two, I'd be more inclined to give money to Gordon than I would to Ezekiel Elliott because at least if you're giving money to Gordon, you've got a couple of years left with Phillip Rivers and you're not necessarily sabotaging years ahead for the franchise and you don't necessarily have to balance out the cost in the same way uh, that the Dallas Cowboys do. Dallas Cowboys do. Those are the big storylines that I am following, the six players that I'm most intrigued to see how they do as you begin this season. Will be intriguing to uh, see for sure. Be sure to catch live editions of Outkick the Coverage with Clay Travis weekdays at 6 a.m. Eastern, 3 a.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. 
Hey, it's Jonas Knox. And you know O'Reilly Auto Parts. You know, o o o o who are in the business of keeping your car on the road. O'Reilly Auto Parts offer friendly, helpful service and the parts knowledge you need for all your maintenance and repairs. They've got thousands of parts and accessories in stock, either in-store or online, so you never have to worry if you're in a jam. The team at O'Reilly Auto Parts can test your battery for free in or out of your car. If it needs to be replaced, they'll help you find the right battery for your vehicle. Need your windshield wipers replaced a brake light fix or a quick service they'll help you find the right part or point you to the nearest local repair shop for help whether you're a car aficionado or an auto novice you'll find the employees at o'reilly auto parts are knowledgeable helpful and best of all friendly and by the way i was just at o'reilly not that long ago within the last month and guess what needed some help with the alternator had some questions with the batteries they helped me right away and did it right there in the parking lot the professional parts people at O'Reilly Auto Parts are your one-stop shop for all things auto, do-it-yourself, and you can find what you need in-store or online. Stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts today or visit them at O'ReillyAuto.com slash 2pros. That's O'ReillyAuto.com slash 2pros. Hey, it's Jonas Knox. All right, game off. We got to pause here to talk more about Monopoly Go. I know what you're saying. Flag on the play. You already talked about that, but there's just so much good stuff in this game. In Monopoly Go, you can team up with friends for time tournaments where you work together to build up each other's boards. The more you win together, the more awesome prizes you unlock. And there's so much to get. Unique stickers you can trade with friends to complete albums for big prizes. Cool new playing pieces to travel the boards with. Hilarious emojis for taunting friends when you smash their buildings or heist their vaults. Plus, Monopoly Go feels new and exciting every day with constantly changing tournaments and challenges. A ton include their new unique mini-games like Digging for Treasure or a Robot Pachinko Machine. And there's always new timed events that help you win big like massive multipliers for everything you win or rent frenzies. There's always something fun to discover in Monopoly Go, so get off the bench and go download it now free on Google Play or the App Store. Game on! What's the secret to catching prize-worthy fish in exotic waters? Learning to fish like a local with Fishing Booker. Hey, Jonas Knox here with Fishing Booker. There's only one way to turn a fishing trip of no bites into the best catch of the day, and that's with the valuable knowledge of a local guide. With FishingBooker.com, you have the world's largest booking platform of local fishing guides right at your fingertips. Use Fishing Booker's easy-to-use online booking system and discover thousands of local fishing charters from around the world ready to share their tricks of the trade. Create your perfect fishing experience and search for charters by location, species, salt versus freshwater, and more. Plus, it's smooth sailing with Fishing Booker's simple online payment method. You'll always fish with confidence when you start fishing like a local. Start your angling adventure now with Fishing Booker. Visit FishingBooker.com and book your trip today. Fishing Booker. Fishing trips made easy. Hey, it's Jonas Knox. You've put it off long enough. It's time to replace your tires. Tire Rack has tires that will elevate your drive. Touring tires for commuter comfort. Performance tires for sporty handling. All-terrain tires for on- and off-road adventure. Go to TireRack.com to get started. Not sure where to begin? Use the Tire Decision Guide to get a personalized tire recommendation. The right tires for how, what, and where you drive. Choose from the full line of Yokohama tires. Shipped fast and free to a recommended installer. 
installer near you or choose the convenience of mobile tire installation. They'll bring your new tires to your home or office and install them on site. It doesn't get much easier than that. Go to TireRack.com sports to see their Yokohama test results, tire ratings, and consumer reviews. And be sure to check out all the current special offers. Great tires and a great deal. What more could you ask for? That's TireRack.com sports. TireRack.com, the way tire buying should be. It's a confident show. We bring in Jeff Schwartz, NFL training camps, everybody officially reporting today. How excited are you for the NFL season to finally be back, Jeff Schwartz? Last night, I saw a win, a winners and losers article from day one of the Browns <laughs> camp. Like, I am ready to go. What's better than that? They're not even in pads. Um, it's, it's so awesome. I just got back from Pacto Media. Well, I'm still out in Los Angeles, but I was at Pacto Media Day a couple days ago, and football is happening fast. College football. August 24th is the first day. Arizona-Hawaii, I think, two of the games. Yeah, Florida-Miami is the big game down in Orlando oh, that uh, that will be pretty awesome, games. I think. We can bet on football next weekend. Yeah, and there'll be football every uh, starting next week, every week, all the way until April 26th, I think, which is when the XFL is going to end. And certainly, if you're not interested right. in the XFL, uh, you can uh, pay attention to it all the way up through the Super Bowl, which will be in Miami uh, early in February. All right, so let's start to break down some of these big uh, decisions that have to be made across uh, the NFL. If you right now had to buy stock in Marcus Mariota, well, before we get to Marcus Mariota versus Jameis Winston, I want to say to this, Taylor Lewan failing a uh, ped test. He's out for the first four games. He is the left tackle, second highest paid offensive lineman, I believe, in the NFL how impactful is his loss? Uh, would that make you look askance, perhaps, at the Titans' first four games? Three of them are on the road. I believe the first four are uh, on the road against the Browns. Uh, it would be fascinating to see how the Browns do coming out of the gate. Uh, they then play against the Colts. They've never beaten Andrew Luck. Uh, they then, I believe, go on the road against Jacksonville and then on the road against Atlanta. There's a pretty good chance the Titans would be underdogs, maybe, in all four of those games and have a decent chance, I think, of starting off 0-4, even with Lawan. How much of an impact do you think losing the left tackle is for the first four games? I mean, anytime you lose a left tackle, it's going to be big. But now you lose a left tackle on a team with a new offense, with a quarterback that needs to stay healthy, with a quarterback in a big year. Um, it's going to be rough because what do you do in camp? Like You have to let Lawan practice because he needs to get ready for the season. But you also need to let your backup left tackle practice as well. So now he loses reps. Now he probably won't be ready as, as ready as he could be to play in week five. It's a big loss. And you know, these, are, these are unfortunate because um, you know, there's, if you take a supplement, and not all supplements are like certified by whatever, and like sometimes they're made at factories where they can mix things. And I think Luan like, no only took something, probably not, but it's a bad situation. It sucks for the Titans. Um, so what do you think actually happened? Did you take supplements while you were playing on the offensive line? Did you take anything that was not given to you by a team, uh, you know, physician or doctor or uh, trainer staff? Yeah, I took stuff that wasn't given to me, but I took, I really wasn't a big pre-workout guy and I really wasn't a guy that took a bunch of supplements. So basically what happens is, is, you know, you have a manufacturer that, that makes you know, a product that would be illegal in sports and then they basically make the same product that's legal for sports in the same factory, even on the same floor, even in the same in the same uh, uh, setting, like that, so they can cross contaminate sometimes. And, and there's ingredients that 
um, aren't listed on labels, and it's a pretty shady business. Even stuff that's certified sometimes um, doesn't, is, is not really above board. So it's a tough situation. I, I don't really think he's uh, you know, using PEDs. And he said what he tested positive for, which is, which is something that often guys get busted for uh, when this happens. Do you uh, think that there's actually that much benefit to supplements like this? I mean, uh, how much of a – obviously some things are allowed which can change drastically your ability to play. For instance, Toradol. You can get a Toradol shot which would allow you to play when otherwise you would have no chance to play, right? A pain-killing well, injection. It's, it's, not, it's not like that, that crazy. Like I've had them my whole career. Um, it just numbs the pain a little bit. Like, if you're injured, you're injured. Um, Tordal just helps numb, and that's why the NFL is kind of moving away from it, because obviously with the, with the head injuries, you, can, you know, guys get injections right into, like, an injured body part. That's, that's a, little more, um, a little more severe than, than Tordal. I think that the, the, the pre-workout stuff is great. I mean, it, it gets you going for a workout. So, like, if you're having a, a rough day kind of getting up, the pre-workout just, just helps, you, helps you do better, honestly, in a workout. Uh, you know, after a workout, you need a protein. Guys got to put on weight, so protein shakes is a good way to get calories that you need to have because you need to eat a lot of calories to put on weight. We are burning lots of calories. If you want to put on weight and you're a player, you're an offensive lineman, for example, you want to put on weight, you got to eat like 6,000, 8,000 calories a day to put on weight uh, for as much as you're running and working out. So that's a good way to do it. So a lot of guys do use a lot of supplements, and I, I don't fault them for doing it, but then you run in a situation where, uh, where this happens. We're talking to Jeff Schwartz, um, a former offensive lineman, played for many different NFL teams with the NFL officially returning. Training camps, everybody underway. All right. How much of an impact do you think for the Titans losing Taylor Lewan has for Marcus Mariota, given that this is Mariota's defining contract year? We just ran through the difficult schedule that they face. How much, if any, does the game plan change when your starting left tackle is out? Change, I would say. I mean, you hope that the young guy can come in, but you know, this is a kind of make-or-break year for, for Marcus. Uh, you know, the NFL tiers, if you saw that, that article out, it was Mike Sando of The Athletic. Uh, they have 27th in the NFL. This is coming from evaluators within the league. I thought that was kind of shockingly low. Uh, I would maybe have him a little bit higher, but when you look at his career and how much he gets hurt, and he really hasn't been uh, a, a guy with a lot of yardage when he completes passes. He completes the ball at a high level, I'll give him that. Um, but, you know, just is he going to take that next step and really – in you know second year under Vrabel, take that next step because if he doesn't, the Titans might be the market for a quarterback. I don't know. I don't know what you do if he's just average. You just sign him to a long term contract and hold your nose and hope he improves, or do you try to get yourself Justin Herbert? Who would you buy stock in right now? Because there's three different guys that I think the uh, there's still a verdict to be had on them: Dak Prescott, Marcus Mariota, and uh, certainly Jameis Winston. Would you buy stock in any of those three right now? Well, I would buy my stock in Dak Prescott because he has the best team around him right now, and they need him to be a little bit more aggressive, which hopefully Kellen Moore, the new OC, can bring out in him. But he has Cooper, and if you look at the numbers last year when Cooper was there and when he wasn't, when he was there, he was better on third down, he had more yards per catch, he had more yards per attempt. I mean, the offense was rolling a lot better. He has Witt now and Cobb, and Frederick, the center's back, and he's got a good defense, ninth last year in DVOA. So he... I buy stock in him just because I buy stock in kind of the Cowboys. I didn't actually they're a dark horse to win the NFC this year. You go to Tampa Bay, 
uh, you know, Winston is with Bruce Arians. Bruce Arians is going to get Winston to play well, or, or Winston will never play in the NFL again. I mean, he won't ever start again if, if B.A. cannot get the most out of him. We've seen that Bruce Arians gets the most out of almost any quarterback he's with. Maybe every quarterback he's ever played with. And so James Winston's going to have a good year, I think, uh, cut down on turnovers. Now, they're not very good, in my opinion, as a team, so they might not win a lot. Uh, but I think Winston's going to do well. Mariota might be the odd man out. He doesn't have an offensive coach like a Bruce Arians. Um, he doesn't have the weapons, uh, solidified weapons, I'd say. Titans have some weapons, but not solidified like the Cowboys do. They don't have the defense like they do. And so uh, Mariota might be the odd guy out in the situation, especially with his health. He didn't stay healthy. Winston and Dak Prescott are healthy all the time. All right, let's go to running backs. Uh, obviously, Ezekiel Elliott, Melvin Gordon – kind of recreating some of the drama that we have seen uh, from Le'Veon Bell before without the franchise tag at least uh, applied so far. What would you do if you were the Cowboys and you're the Chargers with both of these guys? Oh, man, I love running backs. I I put Adrian Peterson, Jamal Charles, uh, uh, so many great running backs, but you can't pay them, dude. I mean, it shows now with analytics, and I think there is – um, you know, there's there's some good analytics, some bad, just like with anything else. But they all show that running back value to team building just isn't there. Um, and I do think that Zeke Elliott is the running back that does the most for his offense in the National Football League. Uh, the numbers show that as well. This is what he does in, in the screen game and how he affects defenses and play action. Dak is so much better when Zeke is on the field for play action. But again, you have to pay Dak ahead of. The running back. You have to pay Amari Cooper ahead of Zeke Elliott. It shows the day that when, when Cooper's in the game, Dak is much better. You have to save money to pay Byron Jones. You have to pay uh, Jalen Smith eventually. You have to pay Van Der Esch down the road, right? You cannot commit all this money to a running back when you know you have to commit money down the road. If Zeke wants to take less money than he probably thinks he deserves, then sure, pay him. Same with Gordon. Yeah, if you want to, you know, you have Philip Rivers, you have a left tackle is injured at the moment, not practicing, I don't think, but you have you know, your, your weapons on defense, your pass rushers, you have wide receivers. Sure, if, you, if Gordon wants to take less than he thinks he can get um, or deserves, yeah, sign him, but not the max, you know, call it max contract level that these guys want. Austin Eckler, the Chargers backup, averages like five, he averaged five and a half yards to carry last year. So I don't think you can pay these guys, and I hope everyone gets paid, but it does not make sense if you're building a team to pay a running back you can draft them later in the draft, draft someone next year, and you get the same production. We're talking to Jeff Schwartz. What do you think in general about uh, the uh, Adrian Peterson story? Like you said, you played with Adrian Peterson. Yeah. Uh, he made over $100 million in the past 12 years, and reports are that he may have virtually nothing left. How common do you think that is? Is that something that people talked about in the locker room, or are you as stunned as everybody else when you see a story like that? Um, I saw you today on Twitter, or yesterday on Twitter as well, you know, arguing with the people about the, the after-taxes stuff. And, yeah. and your point, though, stands, though, right? I mean, let's just say he got $50 million after taxes, whatever that number is. I mean, you have to spend an extraordinary amount of money, and then you also have to invest a lot of it with one bad person. Look, if it was Bernie Madoff, yeah, sure, but I don't think that's the case here, right? I was told that, and I don't know if this report is true, but I think his financial advisor took the money and gave it to a political campaign as well. Like It wasn't like he's getting ripped off in a Ponzi scheme. And you know, this is good. You know, players, look, I'm not, I've grown to become more financially literate. Um, and I think it's important to, to know where your money is and kind of look at it and make sure it's still there. And every month, just kind of take a peek ski. Like, I don't really know 
some up or down sometimes. I just know it's still there at least. Um, and it's not you know be all end off. It's a like I said, Ponzi scheme. You're not really gonna know, but he must have been spending. I saw his 30th birthday, and he wrote it on a camel. Like, dude, you spent, spent a lot of money. It's not all on the financial advisor if you're losing $50 million um, in a time span, plus endorsements, whatever else. So uh, just another, another story of an athlete going broke, man. It's sad. He made a lot of money, um, and I wish he was able to, to enjoy, you know, when he retires, all the money that he should be having. So what kind of uh, help financially with advisement did you get as a player? Because there's a lot of discussion about that, like how involved is the NFL in helping to ensure that, like you said, I mean, it's not uncommon that uh, 21 or 22-year-old guys know nothing about finances, right? When you come into the league, you may not have ever had a job before. You certainly have never had a job that pays you that kind of money. You might never have seen $1,000 in cash before, right? And then suddenly you're in the NFL – and you've got money hand over fist being direct deposited into your bank account every couple of weeks. What, like, what kind of advice did you get? Did they have policies in place? Did the NFLPA help you out? Um, I'm just kind of curious what options you had if you are, like a lot of 21- and 22-year-old guys are, a relatively unsophisticated with your money, and suddenly you end up with a lot of it. Yeah, you know, the PA, of course, they have seminars with all of us about money management, things like that. And I do think that if you went to them and said, hey, can you vet my financial guy? They would do it for you. They're not going to you know, send you in a direction of a financial guy. Um, not everyone needs it. Like, I didn't need a financial advisor till my third year in the NFL. And I was basically, I just called someone and was like, hey, you know, like, do I have enough money to buy a house? I mean, that's basically what I did. I, was, I didn't have enough money to really invest heavily. And a lot of guys are in the situation as me. And you just have to find someone you hope you trust. I went to someone that uh, eventually that has a lot of players, and the players recommended him, and they said he was good, and he's a reputable firm. Um, but the PA doesn't really tell you where to put your money, nor should they, in my opinion. Um, but there are services available for background checks uh, for really anyone who, who's an employee of yours, uh, for financial advisors. Uh, but you have to take it upon yourself as an athlete to, to just do research yourself. Like I said, not everyone – I didn't understand it, and I'm a smart guy. I, I, don't, I still don't really understand it sometimes. Um, it's hard to understand finances, especially when you think you're going to make money forever, which you, you do when you're young in the NFL especially. So a lot of guys just have to do it on your own. You really need to, to try to study as much as possible and make sure the guys you hire aren't going to steal your money. And lastly, this is the, oh, the hard part, I get it, is family members – no bueno, right? Don't have any of your money. Um, and family, friends. I just, I wouldn't do it. I just, it never seems to work out. So those, you stay away from those, and, and you, you'll be fine. I think. Last question: Would you buy stock right now in the Cleveland Browns? No, um, I think that they're going to go nine and seven or eight and eight. Uh, there's too much talking coming from them. They haven't won anything yet, and they're talking like they have. And I get it. You want to win the Super Bowl. I'm okay with them saying that those goals. But you know, when is the last time? A quarterback that talks this much kind of backed it up. Not really, right? The best quarterbacks in the NFL are just quiet. They just go about their business. They're not worried about how the, who says what in the media. And yeah, I get it. Baker Mayfield is different, but you don't hear from Sam Darnold. You don't hear from Josh Allen. You don't hear from Josh Rosen. You don't hear from Kyler Murray. Dwayne Hatt. You don't hear from any of these guys. Just Baker Mayfield, the only guy talking. Um, and I think they're very talented. And the one thing that I just don't get why we've glossed this over, is Freddie Kitchens. All right, Freddie Kitchens last year did great as the OC. I get it. That was the OC of a, on a sinking ship. He could take as many chances as he wanted. He could do whatever he wanted. Um, there was no pressure whatsoever to win football games last year. It was great they did. They also played five non-playoff teams and beat them down the stretch. They lost the two best teams they played, 
they got beat up in, in Houston. Their pass defense schedule this year. Go to Warren Sharp. I like Warren Sharp. His stuff is good. They were the they were the twenty sixth easiest pass defenses they faced last year. This year they go to five. Biggest drop in the NFL. They play great pass defenses this year. I I just don't see it, man. Like, like give me a year for for me to see how Kitchens is as a coach. Uh, give me a year to see how it all works with Odell and Jarvis and Baker. You know, I think the Titans go into week one and win that game uh, in week one. So uh, what happens then? Like, do they combust? What, what happens if they go one and three to start the year? What happens then? So I just think it's just too many moving parts right now. Outstanding stuff as always. He's Jeff Schwartz. He's guest hosted. He comes on weekly. Be sure to catch live editions of Outkick the Coverage with Clay Travis weekdays at 6 a.m. Eastern, 3 a.m. Pacific. Hey, it's Jonas Knox, and you know O'Reilly Auto Parts, you know, o o o o who are in the business of keeping your car on the road. O'Reilly Auto Parts offer friendly, helpful service and the parts knowledge you need for all your maintenance and repairs. They've got thousands of parts and accessories in stock, either in-store or online, so you never have to worry if you're in a jam. The team at O'Reilly Auto Parts can test your battery for free, in or out of your car. If it needs to be replaced, they'll help you find the right battery for your vehicle. Need your windshield wipers replaced a brake light fix or a quick service they'll help you find the right part or point you to the nearest local repair shop for help whether you're a car aficionado or an auto novice you'll find the employees at o'reilly auto parts are knowledgeable helpful and best of all friendly and by the way i was just at o'reilly not that long ago within the last month and guess what needed some help with the alternator had some questions with the batteries they helped me right away and did it right there in the parking lot the professional parts people at O'Reilly Auto Parts are your one-stop shop for all things auto, do-it-yourself, and you can find what you need in-store or online. Stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts today or visit them at O'ReillyAuto.com slash 2pros. That's O'ReillyAuto.com slash 2pros. Hey, it's Jonas Knox. All right, game off. we got to pause here to talk more about Monopoly Go. I know what you're saying. Flag on the play. You already talked about that, but there's just so much good stuff in this game. In Monopoly Go, you can team up with friends for time tournaments where you work together to build up each other's boards. The more you win together, the more awesome prizes you unlock. And there's so much to get. Unique stickers you can trade with friends to complete albums for big prizes. Cool new playing pieces to travel the boards with. Hilarious emojis for taunting friends when you smash their buildings or heist their vaults. Plus, Monopoly Go feels new and exciting every day with constantly changing tournaments and challenges. A ton include their new unique mini games like Digging for Treasure or a robot pachinko machine. And there's always new timed events that help you win big like massive multipliers for everything you win or rent frenzies. There's always something fun to discover in Monopoly Go, so get off the bench and go download it now free on Google Play or the App Store. Game on! What's the secret to catching prize-worthy fish in exotic waters? Learning to fish like a local with Fishing Booker. Hey, Jonas Knox here with Fishing Booker. There's only one way to turn a fishing trip of no bites into the best catch of the day, and that's with the valuable knowledge of a local guide. With FishingBooker.com, you have the world's largest booking platform of local fishing guides right at your fingertips. Use Fishing Booker's easy-to-use online booking system and discover thousands of local fishing charters from around the world ready to share their tricks 
tricks of the trade. Create your perfect fishing experience and search for charters by location, species, salt versus freshwater, and more. Plus, it's smooth sailing with Fishing Booker's simple online payment method. You'll always fish with confidence when you start fishing like a local. Start your angling adventure now with Fishing Booker. Visit fishingbooker.com and book your trip today. Fishing Booker. Fishing trips made easy. Hey, it's Jonas Knox. You've put it off long enough. It's time to replace your tires. Tire Rack has tires that will elevate your drive. Touring tires for commuter comfort. Performance tires for sporty handling. All-terrain tires for on- and off-road adventure. Go to TireRack.com to get started. Not sure where to begin? Use the Tire Decision Guide to get a personalized tire recommendation. The right tires for how, what, and where you drive. Choose from the full line of Pirelli tires. Shipped fast and free to a recommended installer near you or choose the convenience of mobile tire installation they'll bring your new tires to your home or office and install them on site it doesn't get much easier than that go to tirerack.com slash sports to see their pirelli test results tire ratings and consumer reviews and be sure to check out all the current special offers great tires and a great deal what more could you ask for that's tirerack.com slash sports tirerack.com the way tire buying should be Lots of running back drama as we come into uh, the start of training camps. And one of the most ridiculous uh, running back dramas that's out there is Adrian Peterson and the fact that he may have blown over $100 million. You talk about Melvin Gordon. You talk about Ezekiel Elliott. What exactly is going to go on with all three of these guys? Uh, the, The Adrian Peterson story just continues to boggle my mind. Like The more I think about it, the more insane it becomes. This guy made over $100 million in 12 years, and he somehow doesn't have evidently any of that money left because he's borrowing millions of dollars to try to pay off uh, and and live on some of the loans that he's got out there. I mean, this is crazy because he made $100 million over 12 years playing football, but he probably made another 20 or 30 or maybe even $40 million on endorsement-related income. Uh, which isn't even that high relative to his overall football income, and he has almost nothing left. I mean, this is one of the craziest stories I have ever seen, even in this era of athletes making really bad decisions. And then you tie that in with, okay, he's trying to battle out now, and we'll see whether he can have another year as the starting running back for the Washington Redskins or whether there's going to be a uh, battle that's won there by Darius Geis, who was the star running back from LSU, who is coming off of a uh, significant injury that he had, I think a torn ACL as a rookie. So you would think that Darius Geis would maybe be the favorite there. Uh, But Adrian Peterson had a whale of a season uh, last year. And then you've got the drama from Melvin Gordon and Ezekiel Elliott about exactly what's going to go down there. How long might those guys be willing to sit out? Will they show up? Won't they show up? Uh, all the different stories that surround both of these guys. Uh, let me bring in Jason Martin, who's hanging out with me today on the show. Uh, J-Mart, how would you handle Let's start with Ezekiel Elliott, because I think that's a debate that a lot of fans are having certainly Cowboy fans, but because they are truly America's team and there are more Cowboy fans than there are anybody else, what do you do with Ezekiel Elliott? Particularly because, as we said in the open to the show, if you look at what happened with Le'Veon Bell not playing, James Conner steps in and appears to be 
at least a partial approximation of Le'Veon Bell. Certainly for $500,000 that you put pay uh, James Conner, he wasn't 128th of the player that Le'Veon Bell would have uh, been, considering Le'Veon Bell was going to count $14 million. You've got uh, all, this, all the drama out in L.A. right now with the Rams and Todd Gurley and his health, given how much money they've guaranteed to him. And then you have a player who they go out and basically find on the, the the waiver wire and bring him in, and he's every bit as good. How do you handle this? What would you do? What is Ezekiel Elliott's value? How long could this go on? How devastating could it be for the Cowboys in terms of their overall chemistry? Could he pull in Emmett Smith uh, back in the 90s and sit out and try to demonstrate how valuable he is? How much could that hurt Dak? I mean, there are a lot of storylines in particular surrounding this Ezekiel Elliott decision. What would you do? Ezekiel is somebody that you want to think is worth paying, but it's a position that I no longer think is worth paying. The average NFL career is 3.3 years. The average running back career is 2.35 the last time. Yeah, that's time wild. That's, that's, that's wild. insane. And then I you know I looked at Yahoo last night Charles Robinson reported that the extension Elliott wants is more than Todd Gurley's 4-year 57 and a half million deal. And what that means is Dallas could eventually, including Amari Cooper and Dak Prescott, have three players among the top 3 salaries at their position. So if you look at those three guys and you say, all right, who do you pay and in what order? I think that can become an interesting deal. I just don't know the running back position. This ain't 1999, and it's certainly not 1989. It's 2019 where it's built to throw the football, where it's all about the quarterback. So I can see paying Dak Prescott, and I can see making sure he has targets to throw the football to, like Amari Cooper. But I've just seen way too many dudes that weren't taken high in the draft at the running back spot that have turned out to be superstar level players. The guy that I always think gets lost in the shuffle is Alvin Kamara, who I look at and I think is one of the most talented players in the league and somebody that I would certainly want to try to pay for. But what would it necessarily be worth? Look at another guy who disappeared last year because he was suspended and then cut by the Chiefs in Kareem Hunt. The Chiefs still found backs. They had two or three guys come out, Williams and a couple of other dudes, that all were pretty successful after Kareem Hunt left. We saw C.J. Anderson with the Rams. Yeah. Now, I think Zeke is the only one that makes me at least shudder because I know how important he is. And if I'm Jason Garrett, I'm frightened to death right now that he's actually going to hold out and miss some games because Ezekiel Elliott does make me look a lot smarter because of how versatile he is on the field and how many more points we tend to score when he's out there. Yeah, and look, I I agree with everything you said. I I just think at the running back position now, you can't get that much money invested in it, particularly because look at what's going to happen with the Rams. I mean, they may have a ton of dead money with Todd Gurley if it's true that he truly has an arthritic knee and if he's not going to be able to be used as much as he has been in past years. And think about how much of an impact C.J. Anderson had. I mean, you can find a running back who will fit your system and be decent, right? And my argument would be that the difference between the second or third best running back in the NFL and the 16th and the 23rd best running backs in the NFL isn't very substantial. And maybe it's not much of a difference between the 23rd best running back, the second or third best running back, and the 33rd best running back, right? Um, And so I think that's where you can start to save some money. And if you look at the Cowboys in particular, 
Amari Cooper is going to want big money. And they've already given a lot up to get Amari Cooper. So it would stun me if the Cowboys, based on his production last year, aren't prepared to give Amari Cooper a big salary. It would also stun me if they don't end up deciding to give Dak Prescott big money as well. And Dak arguably has earned it even more than most because of where he was drafted. It's not like he has made very much money in the first four years under his contract that exists right now, right? So um, he is owed a lot, not just for his future year contracts, but based on how underpaid the Cowboys have been able to live uh, with him in their uh, as their starting quarterback under that fourth-round uh, quarterback salary. Now, also, Ezekiel Elliott thinks he deserves his fair share And I just think of those big three, it's clear that Ezekiel Elliott is the least important player. And I think what's going to start to happen, and I'm curious uh, if this has already begun at low levels, is athletic kids aren't going to want to play running back anymore. You know, we had uh, Eddie George on this show a couple years ago, and he said something I thought was really interesting. He said if he were a 16, 17, or 18-year-old kid right now, he thinks he would switch to tight end. And, and when he said that, I was like, wow. I mean, we're talking about a Heisman Trophy winning running back, a borderline NFL Hall of Famer, who I think if you look at the influence that he had in his era as the number of rushing yards continue to decline, I'm not sure he ever gets in. But boy, oh boy, he was awfully close, right, at, uh, at that level of being a borderline uh, Hall of Fame caliber player. And if guys like him are taking a step back and saying, wait a minute, why wouldn't I play tight end? I'm big, I'm strong, I'm fast, I can get down the field, I'll get hit less, I'll have a longer career, uh, I'll arguably make a lot more money as a tight end than I would as a running back. We saw it a little bit with Jalen Hurd, right? And I'm curious how he's going to do uh, with uh, uh, with the uh, the new job. He switched to, to wide receiver from running back. It worked out pretty well for him at Baylor. Yeah, I think he, what did he end up going? Third or fourth round as a wide receiver? Uh, yeah, he's one of those. Yeah, he's one of those storylines. As Jimmy Garoppolo tries to make his way back, we'll see exactly how he's able to play. But the last laugh could be from him. I mean, he would have been drafted and been able to play running back in the NFL, but uh, maybe in the long range, the move to wide receiver. Not a lot of guys can do it, but he thought he could, and maybe he's going to end up being correct. And we'll see how he does now in the NFL. It's a credit to him how talented he is. But I think you're starting to see that happen. Maybe smaller size running backs are thinking, hey, maybe I should just play corner, right? Or maybe I can be like a slot receiver instead of being a typical running back, which is wild. As you said, it ain't 1989 anymore. When we were growing up, I mean, the running back position epitomized by Emmett Smith was the glamour position in the NFL. And now the quarterback has just continued to become more and more and more integral to the overall offensive flow. And in the process, the running back has essentially start, st- stopped to matter, right? Yeah. I mean, also, you have to pay Amari Cooper because you gave up a first-round yeah. draft pick to get him. Like, you can't give up a first-round draft pick for a rental. This ain't Kawhi Leonard. Like, when you brought him in, you brought him in with the full intention, unless he was just garbage, which he is not, of keeping him long-term. So you're going to have to pay him, and he's going to ask for a lot of money, and deservedly so, based on what we saw production-wise down the stretch. And Dak being a quarterback means he has to be up top. I really think Zeke Elliott is a terrific football player. The odds are just not in his favor. Like, it's just not something that you can... How many smart football teams right now are paying running backs? 
Not a lot, right? Like most of the ones winning Super Bowls generally do not have household names at running back. I think the Rams would be the exception Rams there. Rams are the exception. The Rams were able to do that because they had Jared Goff on still under a rookie contract. Exactly. You have to have exactly the right situation to be able to pay a running back and it not cost you. And when you got to the games where you needed him most, he barely could play because he's got arthritic knees. And because, uh, I mean, this is what happens with running backs. Like, that stat you hit on how long running backs last in the NFL. Uh, I mean, they are the most beaten down uh, players, I think, in the entire league. Oh, yeah. Right? I mean, when you consider who's hitting them every single play, when you consider the amount of work that's put on them, uh, there's almost no running backs. I mean, Adrian Peterson, to his credit, you know, we talked about the fact that he's lost over $100 million potentially. But he's a physical freak, right? I mean, he's been able to go into the line of scrimmage and take those hits year after year and play plus 30 uh, over the age of 30 in a way that most don't. But it's still pretty incredible to think about how quickly they age and how quickly these running backs. And I mean, look, to his credit, Ezekiel Elliott recognized this. I mean, that's one of the reasons he wanted to get out of Ohio State, get into the league as quickly as he could, because you really only get two contracts at the running back position. You get your rookie contract, which is why it's important to see where you get drafted, and then you get that first payday right after your rookie contract. And that's what Melvin Gordon and Ezekiel Elliott are after. And I don't blame them they're for trying them to maximize yeah, And they're trying their to maximize revenue. now, yes. like early in these deals, because they know their longevity. They realize that right now they better strike while the iron's hot because the chances are not good that in two years or in one year – that money's going to be worth it to to the to their team based on their production because of the injury risks and the longevity of careers. Yeah, and you know, I mean, this is what Maurice Claret saw years ago when he tried to sue to get into yep. the NFL. I mean, I think being a 19 or 20 or 21-year-old running back, he was like, why would I take those hits in college and just diminish my overall earnings potential eventually once I get to the NFL? Now, you know, he had all sorts of issues uh, off the field and never really panned out in an NFL direction. Doesn't mean that he wasn't correct in his assessment of every single hit he takes in college, theoretically, could diminish his overall earnings ability in the NFL. And there's no better example of that than Marcus Lattimore, who tore oh, up yeah. both of his knees while playing for South Carolina and was never able to play in the NFL at all. So I think you start to break that down, and it's, uh, it is really difficult to even contemplate why you would take any of those hits. And I don't blame, look, I don't blame Ezekiel Elliott or Melvin Gordon for wanting the big money contracts. I just don't think there's any way remotely possible that you can give it to them. Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com and within the iHeartRadio app. We are joined now by Blake Ferguson. He is the long snapper for the LSU Tigers getting ready for another college football season down on the bayou. And uh, before we get to the uh, art form of long snapping and all the other details there, I got to ask you, what's your verdict on the new locker rooms, which are uh, going viral as we speak on social media? Everybody talking about the fact that you guys can recline your chairs and take naps and everything else. Have you gotten to check them out yet? Man, they are un real i mean it is they told us that they were going to be awesome lockers and they completely blew our minds i mean it has been it has been unreal to see what they've done with that locker room and the way that it's kind of changing how people view that kind of locker room setting for a football team some people say it's crazy to have an ability to give a uh, player a chance to take a nap uh do you ever want to take naps in the locker room 
Absolutely. You know, <laughs> when when we're in camp and, you know, we're there from 6 in the morning until 10 o'clock at night and we have maybe 30, 45 minutes here or there, it's good to have that at our, uh, you know, disposal to – be able to go in there and do that and, and have a have a place to lay down for a little while, get, get a little bit of shut-eye and not have to go all the way back to your apartment um, and then come all the way back to the facility. You have it all there in one place. So you really think you'll be able to fall asleep even amid all the chaos? Like that's something you're looking forward to? <laughs> you know, it it's, uh, remains to be seen, I guess, because, um, you know, I have not – tested it out yet i've not taken it for a test drive but yeah um you know i think in in fall camp when you're so tired that you just uh, you'll fall asleep anywhere i mean i've i've fallen asleep on the floor of the locker room before so i'm I'm sure that i can fall asleep on on the recliners that we have we're talking to Blake Ferguson. You can follow him, by the way, on Twitter at bferguson50. He is a long snapper for LSU. So this is going to be, I believe, your fifth year with LSU, right? That is correct. Looking so, forward to it. Has it passed fast to you? Because you know, sometimes when you're young and in college, every year seems like it takes forever. So when you look back now, does it seem like the first four years have gone by really fast, slow? What, how would you assess it as you get ready for year five? It's absolutely flown by. You know, people tell you all the time this experience you got to soak it in now because it, it truly goes by so fast, and you don't believe them until. Um, you, you turn around and it's your senior season and you're looking back and you're like, man, where did all the time go? Where all the experiences go? Um, it, it's, it's crazy how fast it, it goes. You started with Les Miles. You're now with Coach O. How are they different? How are they similar? What's the vibe like compared to the two guys? Um, it's, you know, I get that question all the time. What's, you know, what's the difference between the two? And I, I'd say that they're both, um, you know, you hear the, the term players, t- players coach all the time. Um, and, and they truly are both players coaches. I think coach Miles's approach was more of a laid back kind of, um, you know, just conversational approach, um, to the way that he, the way that he coached. And then, um, you know, coach O is very motivational in the way that he, um, approaches his coaching style. He's, he gets fired up. Everybody knows how, how juiced up he can get on game days. And, um, and he's like that every day when he walks into the team meeting room um, for our first team meeting of the day. He is amped and ready to go. So, um, But, you know, I, I thank the Lord for, you know, both of the experiences that I've had with both coaches uh, because they've, I've learned a lot from both of them. Uh, so, you know, it's, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't change it for the world. For people who have never been to Tiger Stadium and have never had the opportunity to be there in your home field at Death Valley for a big game, how would you describe what it feels like to run out at night for a huge LSU home game? I guess the the only thing that I can equate it to, like, sound-wise, would be like a 4th of July fireworks show. Like, it is just, like the grand finale of a fireworks show, you're just it is just going and you, it is so rocking and so loud that you just can't even hear yourself think your body is just shaking and you have no, almost no idea where you are. It is unreal when you want, when you run out there and uh, the band is playing on either side of you and the fans are just going nuts. It's, it's amazing. 
So you have a job that's really interesting, long snapper, and I've met you a couple of times down in Destin because you're very active in, uh, in being a student athlete and helping to kind of set the tone and rules and regulations for being an SEC student athlete. And again, we're talking to Blake Ferguson. He's at bferguson50 uh, on Twitter. You don't really have an advantage at all to getting super hyped up because what you have to do is an incredible control of the ball, right? So how do you control your adrenaline when you're talking about it's like every fireworks uh, thing is going off at the same time, unlike, say, a linebacker, an offensive, defensive lineman who get to hit somebody or even a quarterback who drops back to pass and, you know, can kind of deal with uh, the the crowd around them running back every other position. It's like you get hit and you calm down. How do you keep your sort of emotions in check? Because what you do is highly technical, and if you get too hyped – the ball goes sailing over somebody's head, and you uh, you make a mistake. Yeah, absolutely, and it's it's a very difficult job, you know, being in that kind of environment and having to stay cool, calm, and collected the whole time. Um, you know, I my pregame playlist is consists of a lot of like smooth John, like John Mayer type music, and everybody get, else is listening to whole, rap and hard rock and getting hyped exactly. up, and you're just sitting there like getting, listening to John Mayer love songs. A little bit of Frank Sinatra here and there, you know, <laughs> just just something to just kind of keep me calm. And and you know, when I, when we go out there, it's kind of that sniper mentality because we have one shot to do what we do and do it perfectly. Everybody else has multiple plays to to do what they do and do it well. We have one place. So you kind of have to keep that mentality when you go out there um, that you have one shot to get it right and you got to make it count. When did you? So I think people listening to us right now are probably fascinated by it because you don't really pay a lot of attention to the long snapper unless something goes wrong, right? I mean, that's when people notice you and you never want to get noticed on the field uh, for anything going wrong. But how do you realize that you're good at long snapping? I know your brother is in the NFL, I believe, with the Buffalo Bills. Uh, and he's obviously been very successful. But at what point, like, what makes somebody a good long snapper? When do you recognize that you have the ability to do it well? Yeah, well, I mean, long snappers kind of come in all shapes and sizes. There's um, there's not one specific build for a long snapper. Um, so, you know, when, when you can go out, I mean, we, we go to camps, um, snapping camps uh, throughout high school and college, and um, at these camps, you can kind of showcase your talents and, and compete against the best long snappers in the country. And, you know, you see, you see guys like, um, take John Weeks, for example, he's, he's in the snapper in Houston, uh, for the Texans. And he's, I think five, nine or five ten, And he's been playing, I think he's going into his 10th season in Houston. Wow. Um, and then you see guys like, um, Don Moldock in, in Detroit, he's, Six four, six five, almost two eighty, um, and you know you see that you see this broad range of, of guys that can do this. Um, but what sets the best of the best apart is um, you know obviously being able to snap and, and be consistent with uh, where you're putting the ball every time. Um, speed, you know, being able to once you snap the ball, get down in coverage, and and a little bit of athleticism to be able to make a tackle when you get down there and, and be good in coverage because. You know, once you snap and, and you start running downfield, you become a linebacker at that point. You're you're on the hunt and you're going down to, to get that returner. How many tackles have you made? I've made two in my college career. Uh, I had one two years ago against Alabama and then one last year at Florida. Um, so that was that's, that's two pretty cool moments. 
um, in my career because those are two teams that uh, I enjoy playing against, and, and it's cool to have those two games as my two tackles. Have you got those tackles on like uh, YouTube or somewhere where you could access them? Like, if I were sitting next to you right now, could you pull it up on your phone and show me the tackles? Uh, the Florida game, I can. The Alabama game, no. Is it a good tackle um, in the Florida it, game? Is that why you have that one? Well, no. So um, I actually had to create a like a highlight tape. Oh yeah. Um, because this this year um, I'm hoping to be up for the first ever Patrick Manley Award. Um, which, if you know who Patrick Manley is, he snapped for the Bears for a long time. Um, and this this year they're doing the first ever Patrick Manley Snapper of the Year Award for college football. And so in order to be considered for that award, we had to kind of put together a like a highlight tape of the past of this past season. And so that was one of the ones that I put on there. Um, so as you get ready for your fifth season at, at LSU, you hope to uh, go on to the NFL and be a long snapper as well. What is the process like for a long snapper? Can you get invited to the combine? Do you go for all these workouts? Like when your season ends with LSU this year and you try to pivot and turn towards the NFL, what will that process be like for you? Yeah, it's kind of a different approach than most guys that are trying to go uh, and make it in the NFL because you don't see a lot of snappers drafted very often. Um, so my kind of process will be very similar to what my brother did because he's obviously had a lot of success. Um, and I'll, and so I'll go home, uh, after we play our bowl game, hopefully we're playing in the national championship and, uh, I'll go home back to Atlanta and start training there. And, um, then I'll just wait. Hopefully I get, uh, into the senior bowl. Um, that opens, tends to open a lot of doors for guys. Um, and then typically the best snapper at the senior bowl gets, invited to the combine i think typically they only invite one snapper to the combine um and so hopefully i'll have that opportunity as well but if i don't um i'll have opportunities to snap uh in front of nfl coaches uh at my pro day down in baton rouge and then i can also do individual workouts with uh different teams if they want to come to baton rouge and and work me out all right i want to my older brother did I want to circle back around, and we're talking, and this is, this is pretty fascinating to me because you've told me some of these stories before, and I was like, I need to explore this more. Blake Ferguson, he is the long snapper for LSU, hopes to play in the NFL, but right now coming back for his fifth year to LSU, they have the fabulous uh, locker rooms that have just gone viral on social media this week. So uh, when, you, when did you recognize that you were good? Like if somebody's out there listening to us right now, and they're like, you know, a high school kid uh, or they're middle school kid, and they love football, but maybe they're thinking, hey, I don't know that I've got the speed to be a linebacker, not sure that I can, you know, have the arm strength to be a quarterback. Uh, what would you say to someone is an attribute that would give them the sense, hey, maybe you would be good at long snapping? Yeah, um, you know, I was always kind of that in-between where, you know, I, I, I couldn't – I wasn't big enough to play O-line – um, and, you know, I was, I was kind of too short to play tight end. Um, and so my, when my brother became successful at, at snapping and, and then I began to try it and I was like, well, I can, I, I can snap the ball pretty well. I can, I can get downfield. And, um, you know, the, the biggest thing about snapping and, and doing it well is your consistency with your snaps. So if you're able to, if you're able to snap a, a ball that flies back to the punter at, you know, 0.62 seconds and, and you, you're putting it all over the place, you know, that's not going to be as valuable 
as a guy who can snap a .7 ball and put it on the hip every single time. Uh, so, you know, consistency is a huge factor in, in snapping and being able to, like you said earlier, stay cool, calm, and collected in the, in the heat of the battle. Um, you know, when we're on the road at Auburn and being able to put, put the ball in the, on the holder's hands for the game-winning field goal, that's, that's crucial is being able to, to operate in those moments and being consistent at it and doing it very well. Um, how far, like if you're bent over right now and I'm like, you know, quarterbacks talk about how far they can throw the ball. How far do you think you could snap the ball? Like how, like if you, you just, and, and to be accurate, not just to, you know, throw it like, you know, I, I don't know, 40 yards back or something. How far do you think you could go and be accurate? Uh, to put it anywhere on the guy above his, I mean, above his knees, I could probably do it at 20 to 25 yards. Um, but you know, snapping it just as absolute far as I can, I could probably snap it somewhere between 30 and 35 yards. All right. So by the time, uh, and we're talking to, uh, Blake Ferguson, he is, uh, the long snapper for LSU, uh, and he hopes to be in the NFL next year. He's uh, back for year five at LSU this year. So, uh, by the time the season starts, you know, like the first game of the year for LSU, how many snaps will you have done in practice now, starting you know with camp uh, going on right now? How many times do you think you will have snapped the ball? Oh, my goodness. Uh, I snapped probably close to 60, 60 balls a day times, I don't know, 20, 20 practices. So, um, not a, I mean, not not, not, a, a, not an inordinate inordinate number. So the, no. the question I was going to ask you is: Do you get tired? Like, does your neck get tired looking back between your legs and snapping like that all the time? Like, do you do yoga? Do you do anything to stay limber? Yes, you have to. You have yeah. to be very flexible as a snapper, especially at this level. Um, you know, I, I I kind of equate being a long snapper to being a pitcher, like being a pitcher in baseball. Yeah, because you kind of you kind of reach that pitch count where. You know, you start you start throwing too much, you start snapping too much. Your your quality is going to decrease, and you're only creating bad habits. Um, you don't have as much of the the risk of getting injured per se, but you start creating bad habits and bad form. Um, a lot of what snapping is is muscle memory, so you don't want to create those bad habits, and then uh, you see them come around in the games. Blake, I appreciate the time. Good luck this year. We'll be watching. Uh, I hope we don't notice you at all. That's Blake Ferguson at bferguson50 on Twitter. Enjoy those LSU locker rooms. Thanks for getting up early with us, man, this uh, Friday morning. Thanks, Clay. That is Blake Ferguson. I am Clay Travis. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. Are your wiper blades chattering, skipping, or squeaking? Don't let streaks or smearing on your windshield compromise your visibility. When it's time to replace your wiper blades, stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts and see our selection. Our professional parts people will even install your new wiper blades while you wait. Stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts today. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bed 365 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help. 
call 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Top Thrill 2 is like no other course. Two 420-foot vertical speedways, three launches. All right, let's talk strategy. Copy that, driver. Go for maximum acceleration off the start. Measure that. You've got a short straightaway to push from 0 to 74 on the first vertical speedway. And what about the rollback? Rollback will set you up for an explosive reverse climb 420 feet in the sky so you reach 0 Gs in total weightlessness. 420 feet of straight-up speed. Let's get it. Top Thrill 2, the world's tallest and fastest triple-launch Stratocoaster. Get your tickets at cedarpoint.com.